Hey everybody, it's Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, and yes, still, your boy. Up here in the dead of night, it is going on 3 a.m. Pacific Time, Tuesday, April 4th. Happy opening day to everybody who partakes in baseball and all that good stuff. But let's get into the real nation's pastime. They just don't know it yet. It is Cinema Draft. Let's take a look at those call sheets from last week. And yes, the title of this week's uh, podcast or this week's recap podcast is called The Challenge because I am definitely laying the gauntlet out to you. Because how dare you? How dare you let me win for a third week in a row? The call sheet of the week. And not only that. I'm going to puff my chest out just a little bit. Since I can't win any money on my own game, I certainly will shower myself with praise where need be because your boy did win four out of the five contests. I took the feature presentation, the best boy, the key grip, and the background talent. Congrats to... Smart Ash for winning the $20 gaffer, which I was clearly just fooling around. But as I said in our group chat, and if you have yet to check it out, I highly suggest you do go to our Facebook page. Uh, I think it's uh, facebook.com slash cinema draft. <clears throat> go to the notes section. There's a, There should be a note there with the link to our group meet uh, group chat. Uh, I said that if there was ever a week to get me, it was going to be this week because last week I was away on business, traveling to L.A. I was working out of odd places. <clears throat> didn't really have – I wouldn't say I didn't give my call sheet much thought, but I was pretty sure I was primed to be beaten. And yet here we are with me winning the feature presentation with what turns out to be the call sheet of the week. So <clears throat> since mine was the call sheet of the week and, I mean – do you guys hate money? I mean, what's going on right now? I'm offering $25 every week for you guys to come, you know, uh, beat my sheet, and you can't do it. And then I, I've got a little something for y'all at the end. I got a little something for y'all later. Since there clearly seems to be a lack of incentive enough to beat my sheet. Well, anyways, here we are with the feature presentation. And and as you know, Zookeeper's Wife actually did lock at platforms as we were onto a new game. We're still working out the kinks in the system to make sure that that you know these reflect the release types when they're locked. But you know, just pretend that Zookeeper's Wife was all platform, which it was at the time of lock. And that really was the key there. That was that was the the, the, the key, the secret, because as it turns out, it locked at 474, but when we went, when uh, the game, when the estimates came in from Friday, turns out some exhibitors came in at the last second and added the zookeeper's wife to push it over to 541, but as per the rules of the game, what uh, what happens at lock stays at lock. So if we locked at 474 and platform, which is what we did, then then we're going to treat it like a platform release throughout the weekend. So Zookeeper's Wife actually did 3.3 million, I believe, uh, for the weekend. And, and that at a platform release, as you know, was good for 32.90 points or 46.06 headliner points. And just having any exposure to Zookeeper's Wife really gave you value and, and bang for the buck. I mean, look at this. Basically, 10400 I mean, 
just the value there for for 46 points is just off the charts. I mean, essentially, uh, essentially, you know, uh, was it one one point? I'm bad at math. They basically you're getting like like a point every hundred dollars in salary. It's just, it's it's really really clutch. And so that helped propel this call sheet with a four pack of the zookeeper's wife. Plus the headliner stack of Boss Baby, which outperformed. Now let's, let, I just want to call to, call attention to. No, actually, those weekend actually. I just want to call attention to our good friends, even if they don't know it yet, over at Box Office Pro. Their projections, their projections for the for the Boss Baby was was going to be at. Well, no, so these are showing the. Weekend projections. Those the weekend projections. Their projections going into Wednesday when they offered their Wednesday projections were were actually fairly the weekend forecast. There we go. Their their forecast projections for Boss Baby tapped out at thirty two million. Just just I mean topped out at thirty two million. Now I I mean I was curious about this movie. I th- actually thought it'd go up to about to about forty million or so. And actually and I think our poll was supposed to be on Ghost in the Shell. And I actually I forgot to post the poll. That's my bad, y'all. Like I said, it was a very busy, busy week for your boy. But Boss Baby I actually felt it had forty million dollar potential, but it overperformed all estimates. It came over to fifty million, fifty point two million totally overperformed. And so that as if you had a headliner got you 70.28 points. So stacking the boss baby plus the four pack of the zookeeper's wife and uh, a couple of headliner, a couple of not actually, I'm sorry, one headliner plus one uh, actor from get out uh, for some extra points there at the limited release category. And I do believe get out was our high performer for the limited release type and you were basically you know sitting pretty yeah get out made 5.66 million uh, in limited release 1844 screens far and away the, the 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 top earner in that release type so basically just getting all those guys onto one sheet all those actors on one sheet and rounding it out with Octavia Spencer from Hidden Figures and Carl Argue from T2 Trainspotting and that garnered 335.17 points, the top call sheet for the weekend. So since we shall not let this heresy go unchecked, I am I'm doubling down, or in this case, looks like quadrupling down. Since no one has been able to beat my sheet in the last three weekends, I'm actually going to cumulatively roll up the bounties from here on out so that so that whomever actually finally beats my sheet will get each of the bounties from the previous weeks. I believe they call this a progressive bounty. So we we now have a progressive bounty where for however many weeks in a row that that we have your your boy, the CEO and founder and creator of the game, winning you know, or, or saving the bounty, we're going to we're going to roll them up so that the person who does finally dethrone me from my lofty perch atop the call sheet of the week standings will win all of the previously neglected bounties. So next week or this week coming up, this week's talent pool coming up, you're looking at a $100 bounty. This would far and away surpass. Actually, this would double our highest possible score on the uh, highest possible earning on the site at hundred at $46 in the feature presentation. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Come beat my sheet. 
Y'all have got me really focused in. I'm honed in. I'm locked in. I don't know if I've had this great a stretch even during the spreadsheet portion of the games. I mean, Jaybird will attest that, you know, Jaybird, you know, ran our, our little leagues. He won four straight seasons of of our uh, of our uh, uh, box office project on the spread on the Google spreadsheets, and I don't think I've ever been this hot ever before. So come get this money. This twenty five dollar bounty is now a hundred dollar bounty. So come and get it. Come and get it. Come and get it. Progressive bounty. Come after it. So second place and the actual winner of the money forty six dollars and twenty five cents goes to Ringballs twenty two. Let's take a look at his call sheet real quick. And he also had some good exposure to the zookeeper's wife. He had a four-pack, including the headliner stack of Jessica Chastain and Daniel Brühl. Uh, he also had a Beauty, Beauty and the Beast headliner for 20,800. Dan Stevens, 63.59 points. Not bad. He had Steve Buscemi, a headliner from The Boss Baby, 70.28 points. He also he punted a little bit in platform release with the devotion of Suspect X at 5,100, but as at, with the headliner from there, that got him 4.48 points, so it wasn't a total loss. And then also he had the headliner stack from T2 Train Spotting, which got him 5.29 points respectively. And to be honest with you, uh, it seemed like T2, although it expanded some more screens, still didn't. I mean, I think it went to what 140. Yes, 140 screens. Still didn't give us what, you, what we're hoping to get out of T2. So that actually, that was good enough for 312.56 points for ring balls, a somewhat distant, you know, 23 points behind. But a good effort, ring balls, and enjoy all that money. James Lear is brings him third. And his call sheet looks like, oh, he had a headliner, headliner stack from Ghost in the Shell. He had headliner stack from The Boss Baby. Had a three-pack of T2 train spotting, uh, Betty Gabriel from Get Out, and also a headliner from The Belco Experiment plus... Oh, and plus the cheaper of the two headliners from The Zookeeper's Wife. And ironically, The Zookeeper's Wife was his second highest performer at only 9,900, whereas The Boss Baby, of course, led the way with 70.28 points. And it goes in the shell, underperformed. And let me just kind of opine on that real quick. I have yet to see Ghost in the Shell. I actually want to see Ghost in the Shell. I shall be checking to see if it's playing at my favorite D-Box Theater in D-Box for Ghost in the Shell. I love ScarJo. I think she's very talented. I love everything she's she's in for the most part. And she's kind of glommed on to in a second career as like a, it's kind of like an avatar for our fears for future facing films. She's, she's the voice of, <clears throat> In her, she's uh, Lucy, uh, you know, in in uh, Luke Besson's uh, sci-fi extravaganza, and she actually, in, even early on, she was in The Island, uh, a, an overly maligned Michael Bay sci-fi, you know, futuristic thriller with her and I believe Ewan McGregor, which is kind of weird pairing, uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm kind of here for it, but the reason why Ghost in the Shell underperformed is because of two little but all-important words, which seems to be getting more and more play in our age of information and social media. And these two, and, and information, these two words are 
cultural appropriation. Apparently, Ghost in the Shell is based off of a popular anime uh, comic, uh, which, uh, and I think it might have even been made into a movie in Japan somewhere. And there are a lot of people, you know, in their feelings about uh, the major character being recast and as you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson. It was a Japanese uh, female, in a Japanese woman in in the lead of Ghost in the Shell, and it looks like by just the the the, the whitewashing to an extent of the character and replacing the Japanese character with with a you know a Caucasian one was just was just a bridge too far. People, I mean, the, as uh, Ring Balls noted in our group chat, the tracking on this movie went down from from 45 million at one point down to 20 in SBA 28 and it even underperformed that only was it 19 million yeah 18.7 million for the weekend so just I mean I mean you know you, you you can have feelings about cultural appropriation people who aren't in who aren't from cultures who are often culturally appropriated usually minority communities uh, you know, may not feel as strongly about this. And like I said, I still plan on seeing this movie because my curiosity is peaked, but I totally get it. We've seen this happen time and time again from Elvis taking the best of, you know, of, uh, of Chuck Berry's work to, to, you know, cultural fame to just, I mean, it, I mean, it's been done time and time again, just, you know, the cultural appropriation from the dominant culture of minority culture. And apparently people just were not here for it. So I don't know, studios, I don't know if, I don't know if this will be enough for them to learn their lesson. Look at this, a purported $110, $110 million budget only grows 20 million cinema score of I think a B. So the multiples off that generally don't indicate it's going to make its money back. It's actually probably going to take probably a big loss of about maybe half on this, at least uh, domestically. So I don't know y'all. Uh, I mean, maybe it will take, you know, them being hit in the pockets for them to stop culture, stop the, the cultural appropriation train. As a matter of fact, here's a great example of cultural appropriation at its worst. There was uh, in in the wave of hidden figures, and let's just pour a little, let's just pour a little liquor out for hidden figures, man. We rode with it for such a long time. It's been like what four months with hidden figures. I'm gonna miss it. We it is actually not in next week's talent pool. It was time for it to go, but. Riding the wave of of hidden figures, there was I believe there's a project in development about uh, about the first black female astro astronaut I believe, and and that's like in in development as they say in Hollywood, which means they probably don't have a script. They probably just have people attached and they're working on it right now. And then coming behind it was another project which I believe had Jessica Chastain behind it and she and she and it's about basically being you know a, one of the first female astronauts in space and just I mean once news came out about that like just you know I think less than two weeks on hearing about the, the former project with the black female astronaut I mean Twitter just roasted them just roasted her for you know basically you know you know, jacking her, jocking her style, jacking her style. So just beware, Hollywood. Just learn your lesson. And if you don't learn it now with Ghost in the Shell, you will learn it the hard way if you try going down that route again. So there I am off my little cultural appropriation, you know, soapbox. Thank you for indulging me. 
We'll keep it moving with one or two more call sheets. Uh, fam of the pods, check out Jay Devlin's. He was comfortably in the top five with 254.16, four points off of the Roan, an, uh, an OG of the game. Appreciate your continued support, the Roan. But this, but uh, Jay Devlin's uh, call sheet once again, he is all in on train spotting. I think I, I do believe I talked about this a little bit on the the preview pod on Friday, where I said that it's either a brilliant strategy or you know I might not do what he thinks it, it it's gonna do even with the expansion. And once again, one, two, three, four, five. He did a five pack of train spotting. Only did. What did actually what did T two train train spotting did three hundred seventy seven thousand dollars on one hundred forty screens eh, a, a kind of so so twenty six hundred ninety seven dollars per screen average. Just taking a look at the per screen averages this week. Boss Baby thirteen point three. David Lynch the Art Life on one screen ten point eight thousand. Uh, Beauty and the Beast ten point seven k. Some Louis the Fort one two three so and then yeah devotional suspect X and point five zookeeper's wife six thousand that's very strong um, ghost in the shell actually five point four k so not bad but so you have to kind of scroll down for a while until you get so T two train spotting was the sixteenth highest per screen average so so I don't know I, I think Jay Devlin I know you love this and they've been riding until the cows come home but this coming up week. This talent pool might be the weekend to get off T2 train spotting. Just saying. So five pack T2 train T2 train spotting. Uh, Beauty, and Beast, Beauty and the Beast headliner. Sorry, I'm super tired, y'all. This is very strange for me. I don't get tired like this usually very often. Uh, Michael Pitt, Ghost in the Shell as a headliner. Steve Buscemi, Boss Baby headliner, and Will Arnett, uh, headliner from the Lego Batman movie. Got a lot of headliners in there. We definitely appreciate that. Definitely a good strategy, but. It's it's he just could not overcome his devotion to train spotting, and and quite honestly, if you mess with Beauty and the Beauty and the Beast this weekend, you just can't overcome that that salary. You can get you can basically get two, and some change. You get two and some and two and and, and two plus actors for what you're getting for one Beauty and the Beast actor, and if you're getting those two plus actors from, oh man, I'm gonna take a. A pause for the yard. Ooh, wow, that was a good one. Um, but sorry, I've been working all evening, you know, hand scoring and all that. Hopefully, 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 this will be the last week of hand scoring because that just takes about two, two and a half hours of my life away. So, anyways, um, if you have one Beauty and the Beast actor, you're basically forfeiting the chance at two Zookeeper's Wife actors. That's just kind of what it is. So. So that's a pretty solid call. She good for fifth, and I believe what's that about twelve fifty eight seventy five. So congratulations on the cash, Jay Devlin, uh, and and continuing the the new tradition I started just this past weekend. We'll take a look at a new or underserved player this week. This week, you know, let's take a look at excellent, excellent. You have. Excellent. Uh, he, I think it's a he. He's been playing this game for just a few weeks now, and so let's take a look at 
his call sheet. He ended up about, I think, 14th or 15th. So what went wrong here? So here's a, here's a very interesting case. Slamma Jamma has just disappeared off the face of the earth. Look at this. I can't find hide nor hair of Slamma Jamma this week. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm not even sure if it was in theaters. It might have been just a, a hit in and quit it, a one and done. I don't know. I, 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 I kind of, I did some googling. I couldn't find it in any theaters uh, nationally. I mean, it, it's just so odd. It truly was one of those cases where either someone had pictures on somebody and owed somebody a favor. I don't know, but I mean, they came in for one week, did extremely mediocre, and then bounced. Matter of fact, let's can we look? Let's. I need to satisfy my curiosity a little bit for the. For the viewers here. Okay, so it looked like it was in 502 theaters for one week. <laughs> it was gone. That is bananas. But since we have a rule that that you know everyone gets at least you know minimal points, we you know we gave anyone who played Slamma Jamma you know one point you know per actor and 1.40 for the headliners so if you had slam a jam a headliner which it looks like he did excellent did you got your 1.40 points song to song was a disaster terrence malick despite the great cast is just box office anathema i mean he's just like he's just anathema to 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 earning money it's crazy so that did the minimum uh, one a uh, five packet train spotting was probably the undoing, and then also uh, three packing Be Beauty and the Beast did not get you what you were hoping for this weekend because it really was the stars and scrubs. If you went Beauty and the Beast, it really left you no room else for anything that could possibly get you more points. If you had a balanced attack that that leaned heavily on the Zookeeper's wife, you were in good shape. Hey, sorry, there it goes again. Can't stop it. At this point, it is three in the morning, um, and so if you went with a what had been popular in vogue for the last few weeks with Stars of Scrubs, you were kind of SOL this week only because because of what I just said, you just wouldn't have the salary left over, the budget left over to quote unquote hire the actors that would get you the points with Zookeeper's wife in the platform release. So. Moral, moral of this week generally is that, yeah, it, it, well, you have to take this game week by week. You can't, I mean, Beauty and the Beast has had an excellent run. It's had three weeks of really strong grosses, but this is one of the weeks where you had to look at, at the performers in each release type. And the high performer in the platform release was obviously going to be the Zookeeper's Wife. And once again, I mean, just shout out to Ring Balls. Ring Balls 22, just, I mean... He mentioned how he was looking forward to, quote-unquote, stacking the hell out of Zookeeper's Wife. But that's also why I priced it up. I, when I saw the preliminary you know, theater counts, which you can always take, find on your own independently on Box Office Mojo, if you clicked on the side theater counts and check out what they're thinking, what, what they have out there, and you can see what they're thinking. You know? And when I saw that it was going to be on 450, 474 screens – I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, had a lot. Of, it was had. A, it was a really prestige vehicle. Had a lot of stuff going for it. It was just going to be a winner all around. So, so if you identified that 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 was going to perform well at platform, and also another one of our resources, you know, we we talked about a little bit at length during uh, the shot list. What last week was HSX, where their model of 
of like a Hollywood stock market type game would, you know, almost translates one to one as far as per million. So it's pretty, so, you know, Zookeeper's Wife opening weekend, just super overperformed. And if you were looking at, at some of these numbers, you had an idea that this thing was going to make some money. So, so that, so we'll move on from this week, but congratulations to everyone who made money, who cashed, uh, and, Thanks for trying to give me a run for my money, but this is a really good week for the kid. I, I got to see more out of y'all. So once again, we have progressive payout, a progressive bounty. We've got four weeks worth of bounties coming up, $100. Come and get some. So a real quick overview of next week's uh, uh, box office. We have one, two, three, four, five, six new entrants. The Case for Christ, just keep an eye on that one. 1,200 screens generally. Uh, it's We're entering Easter season, and faith-based films tend to do well around Easter. Easter, I believe, is coming in two Sundays from now. One, no, in, uh, yeah, two Sundays from now. So take so just keep your eye on The Case for Christ. It's limited release, fairly healthy limited release uh, with 1,200 screens. The faith-based um, have that whole church marketing behind them, so they could be really clutch there. Going in style is a new entrant. Uh, wide release, 3,000 screens. I don't know who the audience is for this. And to be honest with you, in my experience with the box office, while this could have legs, it could perform over several weeks, uh, you know, the older set do not – generally bum rush the theaters opening weekend. So just kind of keep your eye on that. Smurfs, The Lost Village will look to cannibalize Boss Baby's games. So I'd be very, I'd be very, very skeptical about going, about overloading on the Boss Baby well, um, especially with Smurfs coming out with, with a really good piece of IP, you know, intellectual property. I mean, I, I used to like the Smurfs when I was a kid. So they have a large re reservoir of marketing and goodwill that, that literally, you know, you know expands decades. Uh, Gifted, uh, a, new, a newbie in the platform performance category, only on 50 screens, but it stars Chris Evans and Jenny Slate. Uh, for those of you into Hollywood gossip, I do believe that's the, the set they met and fell in love. So you might want to keep your eye on that. And it's a movie I want to see. It's you know about a little you know uh, math prize. So it's kind of like Goodwill Hunting meets I don't know, a little girl. A little girl's got like Goodwill Hunting style math skills, and and her her uncle, you know, who's taking care of her because her mother died. His sister. Um, he's just trying to give her a normal life. So that seems very interesting. I'd keep my eye on that. I might have some shares of that. And if it's playing near me, I might actually go see. I'm very intrigued. Mine looks like our, looks like, uh, is that a foreign film? I believe mine is, what's mine about? Oh, Army Hammer looks like set in, in like uh, either Afghanistan or Iraq. Not expecting very much out of it. I'm not hearing very much buzz at all. And then Queen of the Desert. I, I, I actually don't know how many screens going to be on. I'm guessing 10, maybe. Um, I'm not even sure if Box Office Mojo is tracking it. Yeah, it's not even tracking it yet. But it is going to have a release. I think it's just doing a token release because they want to simultaneously put it out on streaming services or maybe the following week put it directly on streaming. So I don't expect it to have more than 10 screens this week. So those are your newcomers this week. 
Um, I am fading fast, so we're just going to cut it now. Thanks, everybody, for playing. Appreciate your support. Uh, you know, you know, you guys know what to do. You know, go to go to cinemadraft.co. Tell all your friends. Do the responsible thing. Let's get some more people up in here. If we can get some more sellouts, I appreciate I really do appreciate you guys coming out. And once again, progressive bounty, damn it. $100 holla. Come get this money. If I win again, oh, my goodness. This money is going to keep piling up on itself. So don't let that happen. You know, let's, let's you know, uh, do your due diligence. Join the group chat. Listen to the, to the podcast. You know, study the trends. Feel the zeitgeist. We should have a tripod coming at you on Wednesday with G Nice. And thanks, let me crash there, G. You're my boy. And the WBW hashtag uh, Chocolate Cardinal Kevin Garnett of. Hollywood and cultural cul-de-sacs will abound. And let me get off this thing because I am dog tired. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. And between now and the next time you hear me, go see a movie or something.